Welcome back to the TT Podcast. This is part two of Milo Ward's podcast. If you've not heard the first part, make sure you go and check it out wherever you listen to him. Steve, where do you listen to this podcast? Don't say in my car. I don't listen. Brilliant. Milo, you listen, don't you? I do listen. <laughs> Great. Um, we finished up basically into into practice week of your of your first ever TT, learning the course. Um, was was It didn't sound like it was that much of a struggle to you to, to learn it. Obviously, you... What what I found out as a non-racer at the TT, you're constantly learning. You're always going to be learning, even when you're 10 years, 12 years deep into it. Um, but I think it's fair to say if someone said at the start of your TT week of racing, you're going to get three th- finishers, you would have taken it regardless of, of where you finished. Was that was that the aim? Uh, yeah, I, I would have ripped his hand clean off. Yeah. You know, someone offered me that. It was, that was, I just wanted to get the laps under the belt, get the finishes... And enjoy the experience of being there at the TT and competing in the TT. You know, it was the where do we, you know, learning the learning process of the TT is is years and years in the making. So to to get to the point where I felt like I had a solid base, you know, my my plan was I wanted to do a hundred twenty mile an hour lap. That was my aim for the TT. I achieved that, and it was like now how can I build up to the next next little bit and make the increments to go a bit further on so it was just yeah 10 10 laps of 120 plus yeah i think my quickest was 120 122.687 yeah off I like, the top I, of my I, head I, I, like, I like to round it up to 122.7 but yeah 122.7 <laughs> sorry Steve. crack on was it at, at what you expected i don't mean the riding of the tt but i mean because basically it's two, two and a half weeks of your life. Mm. You know, it's I'm talking about paddock life, uh, the atmosphere in and around the camaraderie. Was it kind of as you expected or was it a little bit of a shock of how different it was to British Championship in other racing? It was very different to British Championship. But I thought that would be the case from when I went to Cookstown and Tandra Gee, you know, which are smaller Northern Irish meetings. and But the paddock was so friendly. You know, I'm not saying the BSB is not friendly. No. But the TT, you know, I could pop into... Well, I, I went down for dinner in, in Douglas. So I sat down with the missus and her family because they'd come over to support. And uh, John McGuinness walked in, walked over to my table as a newcomer at the TT and, you know, said, hello, how are you getting on? Asked me if there's, any, you know, if there's anything to help with. And at that point, I was like, oh, it's John McGuinness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a big, I'm just a big fan. I just just love the event, so... Yeah, it's, you don't get that. You know, I, I wouldn't be sat at the awning at BSB and, you know, uh, Leon Haslam wander down to me and be like, how are you finding Druids then? Are you all right with that? <laughs> <laughs> it just, just wouldn't happen. happen. Yeah. No, it's, you know, and yeah. that's, it's just different like that. But as a TT, you know, they're all very competitive at the front. I doubt you've got Dino, Dino and uh, Michael Dunlop giving each other tips around there. But you know that at the end of it, they're going to nip down the pub and... Have a have a drink. It's the respect, isn't it? It's yeah, the respect. John wants, John knows what, everyone to come home takes. safely. Yeah, exactly. Fast yeah. and safe, and that's you know that's that's the difference. And it's just, it's a fantastic bit place to be. The two the two, the two weeks of being there was unreal. I love the Isle of Man anyway. Mm-hmm. After now going over a few times, I love the place. It's just it's beautiful. It's peaceful. Apart from when there's you know, a few hundred motorbikes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just come and spoil it, <laughs> ruining the place. <laughs> So but, what, what was the what was the hardest part for you about 
the the TT, even though you're a fan, you're going to love it. But there must have been moments where it was where it did get a bit difficult because it can't be all plain sailing. Well, you know, there's the 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 obvious stuff mm-hmm. that we that we went through this year. That that sucked. You know, I knew I, I knew several of them personally, and you know, as racers, you deal with with that side of things normally. But at the TT, while you're there, and knowing that you got to carry on the next day, yep, that was hard. That's hard to take into account and get over, but then at the same time, if anything went wrong for, for myself or anyone else, I'd tell everyone else, you go back out there and I want to see get that 136, 137 mile an hour lap. But, you know, that's that's how I would be, and yeah. they're going to be the same. They're just as passionate as I am. So that that was hard. And the other bit was delays. Yeah. BSB runs two time, unless there's a red flag or anything along those lines, it's two time every time. Yeah. No question. You're getting yourself ready, your helmet's going on, and then you hear Gary come over the tannoy, 15-minute delay. It's like, yeah, fair enough. How, how do you feel about that? Because you must get yourself psyched up, and obviously the nerves are kicking in, and you know that as soon as you let that clutch out, those nerves are going. Mm. But he's just told you, now you've got to wait another 20 minutes, you've got to wait another half an hour. The first time it happened was gutting, because it was just as we were just about to head out for the first lap behind Milky, and I was gutted, I was like... I just want to get going now because, mm-hmm. you know, you've been building and building to that point. But then, you know, some riders get themselves in the zone. I don't know. How, how were you, Steve, when you were racing? Were you in the zone or were you sort of jokey laughing around? Um, I was kind of jokey laughy to a certain degree, probably on the outside, but the inside, obviously, you were focused and mm. uh, I wouldn't say... Yeah, you, you were just desperate to get everything right and worried you'd forgotten something mm. to prepare or something like that. So, yeah. Quite similar. Yeah, happy similar. but nervous. Yeah, I'm very similar. So I'll have a joke and a giggle, but I don't want to be headphones on like some riders are and there. You know, you don't talk to them. They're, you know, they're in that tunnel, which I really respect, but I can't get myself into that place. Not until I'm on the bike and I'm on my own. Up to that point, I'll have a giggle and laugh. So once that delay came over, it was like... Oh, it's the delay again. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can sort of settle in and just sort of make light of the situation, keep the spirits up, and then once the time came to get back on the track, we was ready for it. Mm. It, it did see it. every time I saw you in the paddock walking by. You always look, or oh, part Fermi, you always look like you were in a good mood. You always look like you were, you are, you are happy to be there. How can you not be in a good uh, yeah. mood when you're about to go race the Isle of Man? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not like I'm being prodded. Like, off you go, go and do that. <laughs> However. Before the TT, uh, before the podcast started, we were talking about the scariest parts of the track, and you mentioned Bray Hill being the scariest. Yeah, that bit sucks. Steve, what's your opinion of Bray Hill? I hated Bray Hill. Yeah, you know, I hope you're listening, Harrison. <laughs> um, uh, he, he loved it. He okay. loves it. You know, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you're not far wrong. <laughs> no, seriously, it was just, and uh, and that goes back to what I asked you about: what was the hardest kind of points or sections to mm. gel with? Because for me, I never did really. No, but I it was agree. I wouldn't say I hated it, but I just was never at ease down and through there. And it's just so and you knew full well, especially that was a big build up for a start of a uh, a race, especially a six lapper. First you obviously get through that bloody horrible Bray Hill. Yeah, I agree. It, you know, you head off down Glen Country and then you got Saint Indians. I enjoy Saint Indians. I think that's a really cool little like, take off, a little bit loose, yeah. And then you head down to the bottom and you've just gotta get through that. Bloody compression! Is it? Is it that at the bottom? That's oh, it's brutal. Is it? It's savage. I think for me, it's not the actual bottom of Bray Hill. It's it's because you you're flat out in sixth. You're not flat out, but you're wide open in sixth, uh, and it's blind. It's like running off the edge of the world. 
Yeah, so I, I nothing that. to aim at and nothing to go at. I never realised until I first visited the place how steep it was. Everyone, it's a hill, mm. so you expect it to be, but it ju- it is like dropping off the face of the earth, isn't it? Right at the oh. bottom, it, it dropping off, crackers. and the front wheels not coming down. That's the other bit. You end up trying to steer the bike on the rear wheel, which once you get in comfortable <laughs> with that, it's possible. But I will not sit here and say my skill is good enough to steer it comfortably on the rear wheel. Yeah. So you come down the front's doing that, and you have to you always want it on the rear wheel though, because the moment the front comes down, the front fights the rear, and the rear fights fights the front, and it just sends you into a little wobble. And then you've got to make sure that's all back in place by the time you hit that compression. Because if you don't hit that compression sort of almost upright, right at the, uh, the right point, you don't want to know what could happen after that. So you've got to keep it all in line. So with that kind of uh, feeling and talk, how good was it, you mentioned it, you, you brushed over it, to do your first ever lap behind Milky? That will stay in my head as one of the <laughs> coolest experiences of my life. You know, we, we that... We set off behind Milky. It was Milky, it was Glenn, Jamie Kringle, and, and then me. And we set off. So you led Glenn around the lap of the TT? I didn't know. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. No, no, he was he was at the front. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead, Glenn. You're a quick, mile quicker than me, as you've already proved with that 129. <laughs> I stole your thunder. Oh, no, I would have looked all right if it weren't for him turning up. <laughs> you know, first night of practice, I think I did 116.45. And prior to Glenn coming doing like 119 or whatever he did, it would have been joint fastest or the fastest ever newcomer first night of practice. Then really? Glenn turns oh. up. Spoils the show. <laughs> if it's Glenn, he's listening. Love you, mate. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it was amazing. Going, going down behind um, Milky and, and, and Glenn, everyone, oh, it was fantastic. And... I was really, really nervous, really nervous on that first lap. I was like, do I know enough? At this point, I was really doubting my my own knowledge and my own skill set. You know, I'd been I'd done laps that morning on my on my road bike. I was like, do I know enough here? And it was probably about uh, Molly's sort of you know that fast right hander. How far are we in there? Third, twelve, thirteen. Miles? Just before the eleventh milestone. Just before the eleventh, yeah. Miles, yeah. It was there that I went, I know this. I do know this course. I, c- I can do this. I, yeah. And there's going to be a few bits that are going to jump out a little bit at me. I expected that, but I was like, 98% of this course, 99% of this course, I know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. And then sort of, you know, sort of a weight lifted off my shoulder at that point and I started to lean off the bike a little bit more, be more gentle on the throttle. The smoothness settled in. And then I was yeah. like, All right, this is what I need now. This is how I can ride the course. You that's that's my sort of level, style of riding anyway. So once I could, you know, feel comfortable to do it, I then knew that when that first, you know, you know, coming after me and doing that lap with Milky, when we we're going to head off out on my own, I'd be okay. I was like, I, I can do this. You know, there's no pressure on me. No one's expecting me to go and do the 129, 130 mile an hour lap. Yeah. You know, Glenn's Glenn had that pressure. Yeah. You know, whereas no one. No, really knew of me. No, no one knew what I could do or what to expect from me. So it was, it was perfect. It was like right, we'll go out, fly under the radar, do, do what thing. I need to do. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was it. It was, it yeah. was perfect. It was on that front. And how different was that first lap behind Milky to the lap then when you went off on your own? I found going on my own much easier. Yeah, because I could see through the corners. Whereas before, you know, on 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 the newcomer lap, I over, ended up overtaking Jamie because he was only on a little six hundred. So used a bit of the power of the foul to mm-hmm. nip past him and sit behind Glenn and then 
gave a little bit of room, but you could still always see Milky, Glenn, in your way going through the corner. Yeah. So then as soon as, you know, you we have the open track, open lap, the first few laps being on my own, people came past me, but they'd buggered off quickly. I could actually see the landmarks that I knew were in my head and yeah. how the corner went. And then towards the end of the practice week, when, you know, some of the faster boys would come through and you might be able to follow them for a corner, then I could actually learn and use that information. Whereas at the start, you know, Michael Dunlop could have come round, tapped his seat and said, you follow me for two laps. Before you know it, he's gone. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> I, uh, I was not sticking with him. Also, what I, if I could have stuck with him, I would have been not learning anything on the track. Mm-hmm. I'd have just been learning how to follow that seat unit. Because that's not what I want. I want to learn the track. It's a time trial at the end of the day, not a short circuit race. Yeah, yeah. the, the scenery is as, as important as the, the ribbon of tarmac, isn't it? Yeah. Do you wish you'd have entered five races, not three? Just for the learning process? Or was you happy with the amount of information you was taking on? I would have liked to have entered the more races. I definitely would have done. But at the same time, we've been a newcomer on practice week, we can go out in every class anyway. So I still got the same amount of practice. It's only the actual races that I didn't mm. I didn't get. And I think by focusing on the one bike, I became comfortable on that. Whereas maybe if I'd gone on the six hundred and the foul, you know, breaking points are different, shut off points are different, I might have confused myself more. Mm. For for twenty twenty three I'd like to to be on both. Because then I can now do just as many laps as I did this year. Plus maybe some more. So I think the first year I made the right decision. You know, it was influenced by the, the guys at the TT. They know what the safest option is for us. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've got the experience, they've done it. So listen to their advice, do what they they recommend. And it worked out the best for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I did it that way. So you're going back then? I'd like to. Mm-hmm. We, wait, 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 let's not talk about the future yet, because there's, st- there's still so much to cover in, the, in TT 2022. Um, <clears throat> Steve, I think, I think you would have noticed this, because I did, and I've only been to the TT a couple of times. The amount of additional media, the amount of additional cameras, sound people, just people going around with media bibs on at this year's TT was, was like nothing I'd ever seen. And a lot of that was to do with, obviously, the TT Plus coverage. But also this new docuseries that's coming out, um, all about the two weeks of the TT, um, similar to, you know, Drive to Survive, something like that. And, and Milo, you were one of the riders that they they followed quite a bit. So how was that experience? Did that add any pressure? And what 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 were they filming? Give us a give us a preview, an insight. Well, they they filmed me getting dressed into my levers, so. Dude, don't watch Brilliant. that bit if that goes on. That, it's not a sight anyone <laughs> wants to see. But I'll tell you that. Because I heard you ride commando as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no! That that that'd be a chafe, wouldn't it? <laughs> Has anyone ever ridden commando? Not for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. So they were watching you get dressed, undressed, dressed. Yeah, yeah. No, they filmed. Um, it, it, do you know what? It was fantastic. The, the film crew that were sort of following me were really nice they were really respectful but also top guys to just have a laugh with mm. uh, so they filmed sort of we filmed a, a pre-TT bit to get the nerves sort of at, at the time and that side of things and then they filmed me in and about the team interacting with, with all those guys who you know were all new to me mm. uh, then sort of you know, 
up onto the film we walking up and up, up through the paddock which was a, a surreal experience because you know I'm walking up as a nobody film crew cameras on you like this looking at me and then there's people walking look going oh film crew who is it and then seeing <laughs> me <laughs> and then you literally see him look and go <laughs> I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing. Who's that? I've not seen him before. See, <laughs> so bit like, hi. You have no idea who I am, but hello. <laughs> yeah, they're following me. Yeah, clearly I'm someone important. <laughs> but no, it was it was really good fun. I, I honestly I felt like a right little superstar. Um, really sort of like privileged and overwhelmed with it all. But I couldn't talk for England, so it was points where. The sound guy would be would be there like this, <laughs> and then the sound bar would slowly start dropping because <laughs> his arms are hurt and he was trying to sleep for a black. Do a cup of tea? <laughs> Should we have a break for a little bit? Because I don't shut up. My yeah. parents tell you. Everyone will tell you. Just keep talking and talking. Did, did, did it apply any more pressure, or did you just just enjoy it for what it was? Yeah, I had to enjoy it for, for, for what it is. You know, at the same time, I'm really glad that they've documented it because I'm going yeah. to be one of the lucky people who can relive. My first TT, yeah, brilliant on on film over and over and over again on TT Plus. That's going to be a fantastic thing to be able to do for when I'm seventy or eighty in a care home. Going, this was me you yeah. were the boy. Like Steve, 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 <laughs> Steve yeah. hey up, love, watch this. Yeah. Still eating out on that TT. <laughs> even now, did you know it? <laughs> what a few TTs. <laughs> no, that it is amazing. I am. I am. I can't wait. I've seen a few little snippets of it. I've seen nothing. And it does. It looks. It looks like it's going to be. So I am super worried how I'm going to come across. I hope I come across as, as a nice enough person because I promise well, I'm not a dick. If anything like this, this podcast gone, you're in, <laughs> yeah, tr- you're in, you're in trouble. So we, again, we touched on it, and let's let's head there now. Well, I mean, we still got to talk about your massive crash. Oh yeah, I mean, bad I, boy. Yeah. My fight with the oak tree. Shall, shall, let's before we talk future then 2023 <coughs> and beyond. Um, you you do all those laps around the TT course. Perfectly safe. And yep. then I went and did a 24-hour um, moped enduro race at Teesside. Oh, is that what it was? No, it wasn't that oh, one. Oh, no. I did so, it. Sorry, I thought you I went and did that. I lasted full 24 hours. I was like, whoa, mega. Yeah. And then Abascare. Good old Aberdare. Yeah. I'd never been round. I've I've been on a bit of a PR thing, did some commentary and rode round on mm-hmm. some old 500 um, two-strokes of various things. But, hey, that's some place. Yeah, it is some place. Is it somebody's back garden? Because it it's looks like no, it's actually a small park in the middle of town. It's a fabulous, it's yeah, fabulous little event. Victoria, it's an old Victorian park. Right. It is. It's a really lovely place. The tarmac's actually really good as well. It's not yeah, overly yeah. bumpy. Mm-hmm. So right in the centre of the town, village, big, big village town. Mm-hmm. Um, lovely little pond, water. You know. Yeah. But, uh, but it's just it's brilliant. It's just a park. Yeah. You race around the park. It's literally yeah. a park, and it's no wider than it's probably what three and a half, four meters wider a push. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a wide track. So talk us through it. So, uh, I'm terrible at starts, hence why the time trials are now uh, my new favourite thing. thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I started second on the grid, I think I was, or third on the grid. It was Matt Stevenson, uh, the flying mullet at the TT, yeah. Joey Thompson, you know, another cracking, and myself. We set off, I dropped to about fifth off the line, <clears throat> and uh, off we went, sort of, for third, fourth lap, I jumped my way up into third, Set the fast lap of the race, closed onto the back of Joey leading Matt, Matt Stevenson. We had another eight laps to go. I was like, ah, right, I'm on for this. I can, I, I can probably do all right here. We crossed the line up into the first corner, so it's sort of an uphill 
braking into a left and then followed by another left. So both quite fast. So you sort of come fifth gear down to third, hold third, then through the second part of the left. Uh, we've gone through the first part and there's a back marker and Matt and Joey get past the back marker and this back marker is quite tight onto the second left. Well, like my thoughts were here, right, I'll go around the outside. I'll be clear by the time we get to the to the straight. Job's a good one. As I've come around the outside, because he's gone so tight, he sat up yeah. oh. straight into the side of my tank where I was coming around the outside. And so at that point, I sat up. You know, he's hit me and I've gone, oh, let's not, you know, just go down. Looked up and that's it. Big oak tree. At that point, you know, time slows down for you. You're like, oh no. Yeah. At that point, I was very. And did you hit it square on or just glance off it or. Can you I, remember? I, I can't, I didn't get knocked out. Yeah. So I managed to. I was heading straight on. I was just looking at this tree and. Hey, when he says big oak tree, it is huge. I believe, is it's, it? I believe it's the same one that Neil Tuxworth might yeah. have lost, might have hit. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I've, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I looked at it and I went, oh God, this is it, I'm dead. And I was like, oh shit, I'm, this is it, I'm gone. And I just sort of went as hard left then at this point as I'm sort of going onto grass as I could because I was like, if I hit this head on, that's neck, back, mm-hmm. I'm well and truly stuffed. If I can try and hit it on you know the right-hand side of my body, I know, I'm a big lad anyway, I was like, I can maybe impact, absorb some of the impacts. You know, I'm wearing all the right gear. I've got my chest protector in. I got battle chest, battle protector in. I'm wearing my RI. I was like, ah, that's my best chance of survival. And I hit it. The bike buggered off. I stopped and just bounced off, maybe a meter or two. Just landed flat on my face. My arm was tucked underneath me. I was laying on the floor and I couldn't feel a thing. Really? Yeah, because of the shock that the body gone through. So at mm. this point, I didn't know it was a shock. I now know afterwards. But at the time, I was like, oh, God, I'm, I've really damaged myself here. But then a bit of pain came in, and I've never been more thankful for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I started to hurt, and I was like, oh, okay, it hurts a lot, but I'll be, you know, I'm going to be okay here. Yeah. I'm, I'm alive. Did you, did it knock the tree down? <laughs> no, no, the tree's still going. Small okay. crack, small crack. <laughs> No, the tree, the tree <laughs> still beat me. Tree one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tree, tree, tree one, yeah. minus zero. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, the, you know, the medics and the marshals come running over. Uh, they get the morphine into the system. Life starts to get a little bit better. Uh, had to go in a in a land, you know, in, a, in an amber, you know, driven to the hospital. Yeah. Couldn't sort anything else out there. So loading me up there, morphine as I'm going, because it turns out I'd fractured my pelvis. I'd fractured my sternum smashed my wrist to pieces which I'm having a bit of trouble with at the moment I think a screws come loose or something in my wrist and then uh, I ripped off my ACL PCL and MCL off my right knee really yeah clean ripped them <clears> off um, it wasn't even dislocated my knee they have no idea how it happened but we didn't know that until about three days later while we laid up in Cardiff we then found that one out but yeah so they took me down my wrist looked like uh Donington Park chicane on national circuit, you know, for the right and the left <laughs> under the back. That's what my wrist looked like. It was oh, not pretty. Got to hospital, loaded ketamine, 
put my lip. My, well, I was going to say to you when he said about leg. morphine, I'd be complaining straight away. Yeah. They want ketamine. Oh no, they gave me the ketamine then. <laughs> then I was having a great time. Well, I was yeah. not bothered what was going on. Bothered me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then you know, laid up in Cardiff Hospital then. And uh, yeah, about a couple of days later, they were like, "Oh, so you know, we know all of this stuff. We didn't know about the knee." And he said, "Oh, we're gonna let's get you walking." Threw the sheets off. Time to get me up onto the Zimmer frame. I looked down, one leg straight, which is my left leg. My right leg's bowing like a like a longbow out to the right. And they're like, nurse looks at me. I look at the nurse. And we both sort of go, that's not right, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Ship me off down for an MRI scan, and. They said, yeah, it'd be a few hours till we get your results. By the time I'd been wheeled myself, we'd been wheeled back to where I was in the room and the ward I was in, uh, the MRI guy had already made his way up to tell me, uh, in, in this is not, not paraphrasing, he said, your knee is buggered. <laughs> this is how we started the conversation. And mm-hmm. I was like, ah, this doesn't sound good no. now, does it? <laughs> this is, he was like, yeah, you've got serious ligament damage. But then because of all the other injuries, and at the Cardiff Hospital where I was, they can, they operated on my wrist and fixed my wrist, but they weren't good enough. They didn't have the right people in there at yeah, the time to fix my knee. Yeah. So they shipped me off to, to Leicester to finish off the rest of my recovery because then the knee surgeon there said, we need everything else to be okay before we yeah. can do your knee. Excuse me, because, uh, you know, the, this is now, other side's got to take all the weight for the right while it recovers. So then I didn't get the knee surgery till September 30th. Right. So I'm sort of what fourteen, fifteen weeks out of yeah. out of surgery now. Successful. Yeah, yeah. So I've had uh, part of my hamstring or hamstring tendon is now one ligament. Mm. A slice of the hamstring is another, and then uh, I've had a donor ligament from someone's Achilles tendon. I think. Amazing, uh, amazing is, what they can do. Now. Amazing. Oh, uh, uh, there is the the guys at the Leicester <laughs> General Hospital were fantastic. The guys at Cardiff hospital were fantastic and at the Leicester Royal Infirmary I was leapt out, looked after so well the the, the the level of staffing and medical care was brilliant could mm. not you know this is why so grateful for the NHS that we have they, everyone was brilliant and the knee surgeon was fantastic and what they can do like, so you're going to be fit for 23 that's the plan so I've ridden a bike I jumped yep. on a bike a few weeks ago and weekends ago uh, on an enduro bike just a bit of green, light, light green lane in and that, and you know the 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 the, the feeling comes flooding back to you. You know, there's certainly been some doubts in my mind whether I want to go back to it all. Yeah, because of because of the crash, obviously. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, you know, I, there's a lot of things I want to do in my life, and not all of them involve motorbikes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, safe to say how it is, and but the, the love is still there. Is you know, I still want to go and do it. It's just uh, now it's down to you know financial financial side of things, getting everything like that in place and the team seem in place then yeah hopefully we'll be back this this have we, have we got some irons in fires for teams or do we need to be doing some sort of like um, only fans content to, uh, yeah, to fund it this year if you're willing to put the content <clears throat> up I'll, I'll put, yeah, yeah yeah we'll go 50 50 yeah that's fine with me <laughs> as long as i'm team boss <laughs> easy done i'll have your face plastered on the side oh <laughs> but no um there's a potential really good thing coming potentially coming but uh, in the nicest way without offending, any, offending anyone I'm not counting my, my chickens till they've hatched until we're there on the grid then I'm not sure what's going on so at the moment it's still um, 
up in the air. Yeah, that's the right word, and finding other things up in the air. But, you know, the state of uh, the financial economy of the country mm-hmm. at the moment is finding it's been very, very difficult to uh, find any sort of financial income and support for, for mm. road racing. It's, yeah. Doesn't seem to be there. Well, I know we we laugh and joke about your crash, but it, I remember seeing you know the um, Twitter going mad about it when when it happened, and it was it was a serious a mm. serious crash. I'm I'm glad that we are lucky enough that we can laugh and joke about it, and you've still got the love for it. Um, and I don't want to end on that because it's a downer. But 2023 is going to be great for you, I promise you, Steve. Let's finish on some quick fire questions. <coughs> oh, I'm well excited right. for these. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's nothing serious, don't worry. Obviously, you listen to the podcast, you know, kind of thing, so just answer one or the other. Lager or bitter? Lager. Blonde or brunette? Brunette. <sighs> Seen your missus. <laughs> uh, British champion or TT winner? TT winner. Good lad. John McGuinness or Peter Hickman? Oh. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, Peter. You will be there one day, but it's John. It's John McGuinness for me. Ooh, grandstand to Glen Helen or Ramsey hairpin to the bungalow. Ramsey hairpin to the bungalow. Good lad. Mass start or time trial. Time trial. Pineapple or never pineapple on a pineapple pizza. Pineapple on a pizza. Yes. Good boy. I love this one. Milky quail or Johnny Barton. Oh, you old sod. Oof. One or the other. One or the other. Uh, I spent more time with Milky, so it, it'll be Milky. He's a fantastic one or player. the other. Milky, Milky. Sidecars or solos? Oh, that's mean. Solos. I do love sidecars. Night out with the boys or a romantic meal with your better half? Who's going to be listening? The better half definitely going to listen. It's, going, it's a lovely romantic evening with the better half. You answered that before you said it. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much. Milo, it's going to be a pleasure to see you without the orange uh, bib at the 2023 TT. We look forward to seeing you out there. Cheers, pal. Thank you very much for having me on. been a real honour. So there we have it. He's left and he's not even put his, his headphones back. Unbelievable. These kids nowadays... Need to speak to his mother. Rock star. Unbelievable. But what a great guy. Feeling a bit starstruck. Jim Carrey, <laughs> Freddie Mercury, spitting in me, both of you. I can't believe my hook. <laughs> I think we should just just wrap it up there. I, I, um, Steve, Steve, for people that aren't watching, can you can you give us can you give us a, a description of, of of how Milo came in today? Because people won't understand that. <sighs> I mean, most people know what Freddie Mercury looks like, right? Yeah, they listen. Good newcomer. He's worm out of it now. <laughs> you just said he looks like Freddie Mercury. Well, it's spitting image, isn't it? Just look, have a great tash. Look in his eyes. Tash is fabulous. Mm. Look in his eyes. He's got that look, Freddie Mercury look. And then Jim Carrey, I mean, everybody says the same about you. Thanks, mate. No, everybody says it because you say it. No one ever said it until you said it. But <laughs> Do you know who I'm mates with? Great guy. Nah, bang on, mate. Bang and on. if he keeps going the way he's going without sacking it he should be on for a good 2023 good to see him getting over his injuries Mm. and obviously not many weeks now obviously until Alamante T23 so we're good to see him back on track and uh, getting things in place that was the Milo Ward episode of the TT podcast make sure you're subscribed to the TT podcast wherever you listen to us and make sure you leave us a review because Steve loves to read them don't you mate always So this has been the Milo Ward episode of the TT Podcast. Loads more star-studded TT guests coming up on the podcast. And next week, 
is Mick Grant. I think they were quite proud of what I achieved because I remember at the Silverstone Grand Prix one year, we, I was having a 350 race with Jano Sarin and what Jano was leading the race and I was I was sort of second and we were going out together. And the guy that went down with my father to watch the race was in the grandstand. And they said my dad got so excited he actually got two cigarettes going at the one time. <laughs> <laughs> so it must be must be fairly pleased. <laughs> That episode is out next week with Mick, and if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. And while you're at it, check out all the news and latest features over at iomttracers.com. And you can check us out on all the usual socials. We're at TT Racers Official. Until next time, see you later, Steve. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>